0: Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message There is a quote from Oscar Wilde that says, Experience is simply the name we give to our mistakes. Do you have any experience? I have plenty of experience. And um, thinking about this quote, I realized that a lot of our good choices came as a result of our experiences, but unfortunately, some of those experiences we gained through bad choices. Is that funny, not funny? I know it's deep. You, you, you may get it later, but um, so today, I want, to, I want to share with you some of the experience or mistakes, some of the experience that I have learned through the years, and I'm believing that if you get to learn something from them, I'm going to save you some trouble, and you don't have to go through those mistakes that I've made before. Thankfully, uh, you you don't have to depend only on your own experiences uh, to learn, because we have God's Word, and we can learn from, from other people, from the instructions of others, so so today, here, here it goes. First of all, let me give you a little bit of context about this message. Um, this message, the idea of, of this um, message, started in February, a few months ago. In a Sunday, actually Sunday morning, during our worship time. As I was, uh, as we were all singing, I saw Daniel, my son, playing the piano, singing, and I had one of those moments where you go and think, I would have never imagined seeing my firstborn doing what, what he does now. And at that moment, I have one of those, um, I, I thought to myself, when did this happen and how did it happen? But because uh, a little bit of context, in our home this year, we've been a little bit Uh, nostalgic since the boys reached milestone birthdays. If you didn't know, Matthew just turned 16, Daniel turned 18, there's driving around. (laughs) So so we're like uh, entering a a different season, a new season. It's like what they say, you blink and then your kid is driving, you know. So with with that uh, mindset, with that nostalgic um, feeling in, in in my heart, I had this moment of realization. Like, what all that is happening, and and when did that happen? And at that moment, I I was overwhelmed by God's goodness, by God's faithfulness in our lives, but. It was as if I wanted to go back in the past to my younger self and, and comfort her and tell her, because I, I've seen her in times of uncertainty and worry and even fear, and it's as if I wanted to go back and tell her, if you knew what I know now, if you could see what I'm seeing right now. And pretty much tell her, chill girl, <laughs> you know, you're going to be good. It's going to be good. We're going to make it. <laughs> so with, with that context is that at, at that moment, actually, I grabbed my phone and I start, uh, started to, to write in my notes some of the um, memorable moments that I have kept in my heart as notes to sell. <laughs> Do you have any notes to sell? Okay, so... Today, um, I'm going to share some of those with you, and hopefully th- they will be able to, to minister to, to your heart, and you will be able to learn from some of my experiences. Okay, the first one, the first one, I would, if I could go back to myself, to my younger self, I would tell her, you would always be equipped with all you need. So overcoming the feeling of inadequacy has been a familiar challenge through all my life. I remember vividly sitting, uh, being pregnant um, with Daniel and sitting in front of my mother-in-law. We were actually at our other building during a food and fellowship for those that remember those times. And, and I'm sitting in front of her and I looked at her and I, and I told her, I am concerned because I know myself and I'm not sure if I'm going to be a good mom. I don't know if I'm going to be nurturing because I don't consider myself very mothering. <laughs> and, um, of course, she reassured me and she said, oh, you're going to be a wonderful mom. I could almost hear her words. And, and then she told me that at the moment needed, the maternal instinct was going to kick in my life. <laughs> and she was right. When Danielle was born, this amazing love came over me and overcame, pretty much overcame me. And, and I fell in love with that boy, and I got into mama bear mode, and, and I would, you know, do everything for my boy. But um, as, as time went on, he was almost two years old, and I remember I, I got pregnant with Matthew. And I remember hugging him one day and thinking, I love this boy with everything in me like like I I love him with with everything like I could explode out of love for him and then I got a little concerned I thought how am I going to love my other son because I don't want to divide their love I I don't want to divide that love that I have for him and 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 I just remember having those thoughts and because I felt like I could not love anybody else as much as I loved him. Well, thankfully, if you didn't know, our God, it's a multiplier God. God is not in the business of division. God is in the business of multiplication. And the the Bible says that he has poured his love in our hearts. And if you know anything about God's love, it's rich it's abundant, it's uh, exceedingly, it's more than enough. So when the time came and Matthew was born, I fell in love again. And, and I realized that I, had, I didn't have anything to divide because God gave me this multiplied love where I could love each one of my boys uniquely and 100%. So if you if you've ever felt that like you don't know what it takes you don't have what it takes I want to encourage you today if I could go back to my younger self I would tell her that and I can tell you today trust God trust God because he always equips us with everything we need and if you don't think you have what it takes believe me in Christ He has given us his anointing, his power, his wisdom, his love. You have what it takes. You have what it takes in Christ. Tell your neighbor, you have what it takes. um, There's a psalm that I um, I I always keep in my life. Psalms uh, 23, verse 1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I will have all that I need. And this is a a scripture that I confess over and over. I mean, from the biggest thing in my life to the most insignificant thing as needing shampoo or toothpaste. I always, the Lord is my shepherd, I always have all that I need. And you squeeze, you know, that toothpaste and then you have enough until you are able to go to the store. So, So, note number one, you would always have everything you need. God would always equip you with what you need. Note number two. Give God your most valuable treasure. Okay, this one still gets me. Um, I remember, okay, you, you can call me paranoid if you want, but um, this is a fear that I had to overcome the day we brought Daniel home from the hospital. At nighttime, I remember putting Daniel in his crib, in his bed, and as I walked to my own room, (laughs) kind of a rookie mom, thinking that I was going to sleep, you know, my eight hours at home, at my own bed. I didn't know that I was going to be back like two hours later. Every four hours, but i didn't know that yet, so I remember putting Daniel in bed, leaving his room, closing the door, and at that moment, just fear came and overtake me, like like the most ridiculous, absurd th- uh, thoughts of danger that could happen to Daniel, like, like everything you could think could happen to some to a baby by himself It, it was just like an In minutes, fear just came upon me, like how would I leave my son by himself in his own room? And at that moment, thankfully, I was able to identify those thoughts, and I knew there was fear, and I knew that I had to take over, I had to take care of them once and for all. So my husband, um, Pastor, he had already dedicated Daniel, the moment he was born. We have the picture in the hospital where he's um, dedicating Daniel to the Lord. But personally, as a mom, I had to take a moment that night to, to, to give it to God, to give him to God. It was, it was almost like an Abraham moment because we, were belie- we had believed uh, for, our, for our child for over five years. And then I finally have it. And then I felt like like even if I wanted, I cannot be with him 24 seven. I, I can't protect him even if I wanted. I cannot watch over him all this time. So I, I saw my, my limits and I realized that the only thing I could do was give him back to God. And, and in a moment of faith, in an act of faith, I remember giving my precious boy to God and saying, I, I'm not going to be fearful. I trust that in your hands, he's going to be in the best hands. And, and what I cannot do for him, I know that you can do for him. I know. I, 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 I warned you. This one still gets me so i i offered him to god and and honestly this was one of the best thing i did because later on i've realized that the things that hold you the things that I, that have a hold on you make you vulnerable to fear make you vulnerable to to operate in and selfishness, in fear, and just out of God's will. So one of the best things I did for my kids, and I did even for myself, was give him, my, my son, so note number two, and if I could go back to my younger self, I would tell her, Always give God your most precious possessions, and and that's something that I can share with you today. No matter, um, I, I know I'm sharing things about motherhood, but I believe that the lessons and the principles can apply to anybody and in many areas of our lives. So, so do you have any precious uh, treasure in your hands, in your life? The, Anything has a hold on you, a relationship, a job, a car, um, whatever has a hold on you, let it go. Just just give it to God, and and you'll be able to enjoy it better, and you will be able to to rest, and you will be able to, to just live life, and the enemy won't have a hold on you. You, you won't be vulnerable to fear and, and to and to being manipulated because of that thing that you're trying to tie with your hands and, and just, just let it go. Give it to God. Amen? Note number three. This one is kind of like a funny one, a little embarrassing. Do not waste sleep time worrying. Now, I know I, I still need reminders of this one often, but um, it has to do with not wasting precious hours of sleep trying to figure out stuff in our lives. So this one has to do with Matthew. Now, if you're a little concerned about my voice, they went through my notes and approved what I was going to share. (laughs) So, um, so I, I, I respect them and honor them, and I didn't want to, to expose them in any way, so they gave me the, the approval to be able to share with you guys, okay? So Matthew has been a picky eater since he was a baby. You won't believe the stories I could tell you about our struggles or fights (laughs) about um, making him eat good stuff, or sometimes just making him eat. So there was this night, he was about two, and um, after struggling all day trying to make him eat healthy food and not having any success with it, I remember going to bed feeling like a failure and being concerned about his development and his nutrition. And um, I must have been hormonal because I remember crying in my pillow, like having this big pity party about... Is he going to grow healthy, and what about his brain and his muscles and, and all things that I, I, I know that the kids have to eat good food? And, and I remember just crying in my pillow, being so worried, and just wasting precious sleeping time. <laughs> Anyways, the next morning, I was probably very tired, maybe puffy eyes. And I'm preparing a, a snack for Daniel. Now, Daniel's another story. He, uh, anything you put in front of him, even today, he will eat. The, the most um, uh, exotic food, the better. Like, like, give him the weirdest thing. He always likes to try new stuff, and, and, and he's a great eater. So I remember um, chopping some fresh veggies, probably carrots and broccoli. And putting it on a a table, on the table, on a plate for Daniel to eat. And Matthew passes by, grabs some broccoli, and as he calls them trees, he puts them in his mouth. I'm telling you, that was a miracle. Like, I'm in shock. Like, did this really happen? Like, I'm in shock. But the funny thing is that instead of being thankful for the breakthrough I just experienced with my own eyes, I was so mad at myself for all the time that I wasted the night before. <laughs> and I wasn't even thankful or grateful to God. I was just mad to myself. And at that moment, I made this note to myself. I'm like, I am not worrying about this boy anymore. Like, like I'm not going to waste my precious hours of sleep worrying because you don't know what's going to happen the next day. Jesus warns us. Um, in the Passion Translation, Matthew 6, 34, it says, refuse to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. So if I could go back to my younger self, if I can share with you from my experience, I would say, do not worry about tomorrow, refuse to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. There's so many more stories I could share about this, but um, so, oh, and another note, go to sleep. (laughs) Quit worrying about how are you going to handle it and go to sleep, that's so good advice. Note number four. God gives us wisdom. God always gives us wisdom. So this one is, um, it's, it's a little touchy. So one night, after putting Maddie to bed, he came out crying and telling me that, uh, apparently he, he was praying, and as he was praying, he was asking God to help him not to get in trouble. So... He came crying, and I guess during his moment of prayer, he had this revelation or, or realization that he had been in trouble every day of his life at least one time. So he came, he came out of his room crying and saying, Mom, I just realized every day of my life, I've been in trouble at least one day. Once, Once a day. And to be honest, I cannot deny that. But (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) so I I was in shock, okay, to hear his comment. So we went back to his room. I put him back in bed. And after a little talk, answering some questions, I comfort him and told him that he was unconditional love that he was a good boy and I I don't know what else I told him but I remember as I left his room I felt so much compassion for him and and I was also kind of anger angry that he was having those thoughts because that's a big burden for actually he was about eight I, I have it on 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 my notes do you guys uh, like your, your little no- notebooks that, that you got? Yes, moms, if you didn't get any of notebook, and it's not just for moms, it's for all, all ladies at church. Um, let me give you one tip. If you, if you want to, write some notes. If you're a mom, write some notes or those cute comments that your kids do, uh, say, or things that, that your kids do. Because I know, at that moment, we say, "I would never forget this," and then you will forget. So, in my phone, I have a folder called "My Boys," and I have so many little silly stories, comments, and and when I go back, it's like the best thing ever. So, one this story, it's 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 there. Matthew was eight years old, and um, so I, I felt so much compassion for him, and and I and I thought to myself. This is wrong a kid of his age shouldn't have to deal with those burdens and feel feel like a failure especially in a house where, where he is loved and encouraging so I went back to his room I didn't know what to say to be honest I didn't know what I was going to say but I just knew that I was going to cheer him up and and as I as I started talking to him God's wisdom just came to to my life, and um, I explained to him that at home, at home we have some rules, and when you break the rules out of disobedience, then that's when you get in trouble and you get disciplined. But if you break rules because you forgot about it, or if you if you get correction or instruction because you didn't know something, I told him that doesn't mean being in trouble. Like being corrected, being instructed, doesn't mean being in trouble. Only when you rebel against that, then you're going to be disciplined. So, Again, I was, I was so thankful that God's wisdom just came to my, uh, through my mouth. And and I was explaining that to him. His eyes got big. He got like a big relief. So, and he's like, so, so I told him, you can be corrected, instructed every day, every hour. That doesn't mean you're in trouble. So he was like, oh, okay, we're good. And, and I was able to cheer him up and he was good. But uh, what, what I liked is that, God gave me wisdom not only to comfort him, but also to identify the lie and to help him break with that mindset, because that could have marked him for many years later, and and I was so thankful for that. Well, let me tell you that Matthew got free of that mindset to the point that he doesn't even remember that story, so, (laughs) but when I told him, do you remember, he's like, nope, so, free indeed, amen, <laughs> free indeed, so um, if, you, if you need wisdom, James 1, 5 says that if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, because he will give it to you, and he will not rebuke you from asking, for asking, so just trust God, especially parents, God is going to give you wisdom. Just just keep your heart open, keep your ear open, and sometimes you're going to surprise yourself as you start talking to your kids. Wisdom is going to come out of your mouth. Were you even going to go to yourself? Oh, okay, that was good. <laughs> Where did it come from, God? <laughs> okay, so trust God. God will always give you wisdom. Uh, note number five. Are you learning? Are you learning from, from my experience? <laughs> I won't call them mistakes. Okay. Um, These uh, this last two, they're not necessary experiences or mistakes I've made. They're actually testimonies. And, and I would call them powerful, beautiful testimonies. Very dear to me, but I believe that, that they can encourage you to believe uh, for you, in your life also. So since, um, since the boys were little, Matthew was three, Daniel was five, they started to show an interest in, uh, in music instruments, and actually music. Thanks to little Einstein videos, <laughs> um, they, 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 they could identify all types of different instruments, instruments that I didn't even know existed, they knew their name, um, notes and so, so they were very interested in music. So, Pastor and I decided, okay, let, let's just encourage that talent and let's take them to to music lessons. The first time, especially Matthew, uh, you may see him now like pretty serious and and all cool, but as a little kid, any type of rhythm that came, he could not stop himself from from like, yeah, like he was feeling it. Sometimes, even sometimes now, although he tries to stop himself, but you can catch him like, like it's there. But as a little kid, oh my gosh, he would shake his booty and anyways. So we thought that he was very, uh, lots of rhythm and, and lots of interest in, in music. So the first day I took them, to their music lessons. Matthew refused to go. <laughs> we got there, there was going to be like a kinder music and I, gave, I put him in the room, he came back and he's like, no, I'm not doing this. So, so I just stood with him. Daniel, on the other hand, he went, um, told the instructors the name of each note of the keyboard, of, of the piano, which I didn't even know. Uh, told him what it meant low and high keys, and um, after the, the, after his first piano lesson, she came to me and said, He has a, a gift for music. and she knew we were Christians and we uh, we we got to a church. so she said... I want to sew into his talent. I want to sew because I know his talent is going to be used for uh, for the kingdom of God. So she said, "I'm going to sew and I'm going to teach him for free because that's going to be kind of like my offering to God's kingdom." So, for nine years, every week, she taught him piano for free, and. Later on, after nine years, when Daniel pretty much reached her level of, of instruction, she hired a more uh, a more advanced instructor, so can, so Daniel could keep learning, and, and growing in in his talent. To me, that is an amazing uh, an, an amazing testimony because. I'm not musical. Pastor knows more about that. But to me, it's like God knew I needed some help for somebody to to, to see those gifts, some, those talents, and to learn how to draw them out, to nurture them, to, to help us development. And um, and that requires people outside of our world. This... Uh, this Um, last note, I call it We Are Better Together. And this one, this testimony just helps me realize that we need people around and that God is going to bring people into our lives that are going to help you identify gifts, develop gifts and they're just going to come and team out with you as we pursue God's kingdom and his work and, and, and the work that he has called us to do in, in this world. So I am very thankful for, uh, for Ms. Linda. And if you need any recommendation for a music studio for your kids, let me know and, and, and I'll, I'll get you connected. Um, did you know that in 2020, Daniel stopped going to, to the lessons, of course, but also because he got so involved with, with ministry and, and um, church stuff. Later on, they called us and they say, are the boys coming back? And we're like, no, we're so sorry. It, it was like family, like every single year, every week. Um, so it was kind of like hard to, to break those ties. And she called and she said, there is a lady that wants to they thought maybe because of finances she, she told me Daniel's instructor told a lady of how much talent and how much he loves music and this lady said I will sponsor Daniel so he can keep learning and we were like we are so thankful but but he's so busy right now we we'll just have to put a, a stop on that but th- to me that that is like wow like God has really come and, and helped us to, to develop gifts and talents that, that maybe we, we wouldn't uh, have developed them on our own. Another testimony, and this is my favorite, has to do with not being by yourself. So you are never alone and you were not meant to do life alone. I'm from Mexico, and I do not have family here. I I do not have relatives. All my family, it's in Mexico, with the exception of one sister that that lives in San Diego. So, when I came here, actually, uh, when, when I had my boys, you know, you think about it like, okay, Who's going to watch your kids? Who's going to help you? But um, through the years, because of our church, our boys have found friends in our church, and, and they have been loved by so many families, like better than uncles and aunts, cousins. Um, my boys have, been, have grown in a family setting, here with you guys. And, you know, every week during their childhood, they were looked after, they were instructed in their classes by loving and and faithful teachers and and helpers. And for that, you know, I, I am so thankful. Now, I get to see them in our new season of life or in their new season. And now I get to see the, young, uh, the youth uh, team and the worship team and the young adults team. And actually, all, everybody in the dream team, I get to see how they love my boys and they help them. They encourage them as they lovingly serve together. And, and as a mom, that is the best feeling. Like, like I, I am so grateful for each one of you that are there to, to, to just encourage to be family to, to us. And, and then because of our church, because of our church, I have experienced the best staff team Ever. And, 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 and I've been supported personally as a mom, uh, as a girl, you know, with, with our amazing staff, slash family, slash friends. <laughs> and um, and when it has to do with, with the boys, especially like the Lucero girls, you know, th- they've journeyed together with our kids, like from babysitter to Played mates to now mentors and friends, and and to to me it's like we are better together. Like you could say, if, I do not have relatives here, but I do have a church family. And um, th- there was this post on Instagram. It said. I've heard it takes a village to raise a child. Do they just show up, or is there a number I can call? (laughs) And um, so, so I don't know where that village is. I don't have a phone number, but I do have an address, 8016 West Camelback Road. And if you, Maybe you come to church, but if you haven't really got involved, and, and if you just leave once the service is over and you don't give us a chance to know your name, to hang out, to say hi to you, today I am encourage you just stick stick for a little bit and let us be a family to you. Because personally, you, you may say, well, you're the pastor, and yes, I may be biased, <laughs> but But just as a mom, just as a Mexican that doesn't have anybody here to call family, let me tell you, here I have found my friends and my family and and, uh, people that, that come along you and believe with you and pray with you. So if you are alone, you don't have to. And if you're doing life alone, You don't have to. Psalm 68, verse 6, it says, God places the lonely in families. And that's exactly what God has done in my life. And that's exactly what God can do in your life. If you are lonely, the Bible says that God will place you in a family. And Psalms 113, verse 9, it says, That he gives the childless woman a family, making her a joyful mother. And and that's exactly what I can tell you about myself. That God has placed me in this family. And for that, I, I am forever thankful. Like this is the best thing this is family reunion every Sunday, every Wednesday, every uh, time we have women's, uh, wo- women's meetings, every time we get to hang out. This is family. And, and we can be real. We can be ourselves. You may see me right now with fake eyelashes that I cannot even believe myself. I don't even know why we do this. It's so uncomfortable sometimes. But anyways, the picture has to look good. But... Um, <laughs> But you will see me without makeup and, and, and I'm good, like, like I can be myself. Maybe you won't even recognize me <laughs> when you see me on Thursday nights during worship practice. No, I do not do worship. I'm the right. Actually, I was, now Daniel's driving, so I don't know if I'll be here on Thursday nights anymore. Anyways, so you are never alone. You are never alone. Amen? Tell your neighbor, you are never alone. Tell your other neighbor, you shouldn't be alone. You shouldn't be alone. We are better together. We are better together. And God, God has provided us with a family. Jesus came, and um, this is a, a little bit of a message that, that I share most of the time on, during resurrection. In John twenty one, John twenty one, I believe it's verse twenty, something like that. I don't remember for sure, but um, the Bible says that Jesus just um, just resurrected. Mary sees him, and she wants to grab him and hold him, and then um, and then Jesus says, "Mary, you don't have to grab me that hard. I'm not leaving yet." You know. That's what Jesus says. He's like, I'm not leaving yet. I'm going to hang out here. Actually, he hung out on earth after resurrection for like 40 days. So he's like, I'm not leaving yet. And then he tells her something so powerful that, that it, it gets me, and I love to meditate in that scripture. He tells her, but go to my brothers and tell them, that I will go to my Father and to your Father. And, and maybe to you, is like, so what's special about them? What's special? Let me tell you what's special about it. That for all history, up to the moment of the resurrection, God only had one child. His only begotten child. And Jesus was pretty much the only one that could say, Dear Heavenly Father, but after Jesus' work on the cross, after his resurrection, the Bible calls him the firstborn among many brothers, among many brothers. And when Jesus says, Go tell them, go, go tell my brothers, go tell my brothers that I go to my father and to your father. So God has made us a family. We have a, we have a local family here. And wherever other Christian church you go around the world, we have a global family. And, and this is the most beautiful thing because God knows that as humans, we need to belong to a family. In order for us to be healthy physically, emotional, mentally, we need to know that we belong. And we need to know that wherever we belong, we are loved. So, so if I could tell my younger self, I would say, you, you will never be alone. You can never be alone. God, wherever you are, wherever He calls you, he will give you a family. You, 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 you think you left your family, but actually you just saw your family because now you ripped a bigger family. And anything that we do for God, it's never in vain. Anything that, that we give to God, He always returns us multiply. And, and this is something that I can testify to you. So we are not meant to be alone. And in Christ, we will never be alone. And and hear me. I consider myself an, an introvert. And to, to me, not necessarily that I'm shy, but just to the fact that I feel like I don't need people to, to be fine. Like, you can leave me for a whole week, and I don't need to talk to anybody. I don't need to call anybody. And I'm good. <laughs> like, actually, I'm at my best. <laughs> like, like I, I don't need, I don't feed out of people. And in and, and my quiet time, it's when I recharge. So when I'm with people, I can drain. And then I go back and recharge. The extroverts, on the other hand... They charge with people and then when they're by themselves, they drain and then they need people to recharge again. So I I don't know, I don't need like to be around people all the time, although I've learned to enjoy and and I've learned to 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 appreciate different personalities and, and styles, but but even though I think I'm good on my own, I know I need you. And I know that I need people, even the ones that sometimes y- you, you're, you know, like bumping. Th- those are the ones that help you develop the fruits of the spirit. Those are the ones that help you mature and grow. Like, like when would you learn patience unless you're dealing with something that, uh, right? Get on your nerves. Or, or how are we going to grow in, into kindness and, and, and love and faith? And so the good experiences, the bad experiences, we're, we're not a perfect family. We will never be a perfect family. No matter what church you go, it will never be a perfect church. The moment you get there, you are ruin it, even if it was perfect. <laughs> so, but but it's good. Yeah. But, but it's beautiful. And Jesus sees us and, and Jesus says, that it was worth it. It was worth it because Jesus died for the church. So you are never alone. You were not meant to be alone. We are better together. And here at church,